Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Welcome to Money Matters with Mike, with your host, Mike Zeno. Get set for a full hour of financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. Mike works hard each day to educate Americans like you on how to reach the financial freedom they've worked so hard for. And he can help you, too. So now, let's start the show. Here's Mike Zeno. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's Mike Zeno coming to you live from Fort Mill, South Carolina. Happy Saturday, people. What a great day to be alive in these United States of America. Today, we are absolutely bringing the heat again. The whole goal of this show is to arm you with useful information and to give you plenty of meat on the bone to chew on each and every week that you can apply to your personal situations. I'm excited this week to continue our series on smart retirement planning. And once again today, I have the distinct honor and privilege of being joined by the one, the only, Mr. Matt McClure. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mike. One of these days, I'm going to actually be able to live up to the introduction that you give me every week. I, I <laughs> feel like I'm being oversold or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> not at all, my man. Not at all. Well, thank you. I do appreciate it. And it's my uh, honor and my privilege to be here and be a part of the show as well. Of course, folks, this is Money Matters with Mike. Uh, I'm I'm not Mike. I'm I'm Matt. I'm just kind of here along for the ride and uh, and to add some color and hopefully fun to the proceedings here today. But um, we are so grateful that you have joined us out there in listener land, as we like to say. Um, Money Matters with Mike is the website. You can go there, a free, absolutely free consultation uh, with Mike Zeno about your financial situation. Uh, you can go to moneymatterswithmike.com for that, or you can give Mike a call 704-560-1573. That's 704-560-1573. And I should also mention, Mike, you, our listeners can get the show. They don't just have to, you know, happen to, to catch us on, on the air. They can go anytime to uh, anywhere they get their podcasts. Apple Podcasts, they can go to iHeart, they can go to the, the big ones there and get us as a podcast. Just search Money Matters with Mike, subscribe to us, rate the show. Absolutely love hearing from our listeners. And as you said, Mike, you know, we are going to continue our smart retirement plan uh, series today. We've got, we've got a couple of really uh, uh, fun topics, I should say. Everybody's yeah. favorite one, taxes. We're going to talk about that again. <laughs> Uh, but we're but we're gonna make we're gonna make taxes kind of fun in, if they can be fun because we're gonna tell people how to minimize their taxes <laughs> in retirement. Um, yes. We're also gonna talk about some rules to follow, which uh, people are thinking, oh, I gotta follow more rules. But these are actually good ones. They're they're ones that can help you. Yeah, they are because I mean, tax tax evasion is illegal. That's what they put Al Capone away for. But uh, <laughs> tax avoidance is perfectly legal, and there are ways that you can absolutely do that. One hundred percent. And we're going to tell you more about that coming up, and also about um, some smart income your income streams in retirement, which are very very important. So, Mike, let's uh, move along with the show here. And you know, uh, it, it's uh, I think every week we pretty much say, oh. Oh, it's crazy times because the economy has been so crazy and, and there have been positive signs and, and a lot of negative signs, too many negative signs that we don't want to see uh, with um, inflation. They did uh, release a report last week, I believe, where um, the economy 
didn't do quite as badly in the previous quarter as the initial estimate of economic growth. Still right. was negative in the most recent quarter, but wasn't quite as bad as they thought. So, the, so it's like a tiny little silver lining around a, a dark cloud there. <laughs> yeah, min, mini victory. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you got to take them where you can get them sometimes, you know? Yeah, it doesn't suck as bad. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's 100% uh, <laughs> the dynamic that we're experiencing right now. But right. Uh, and, and it's, it's kind of the same thing with gas prices, you know? They've been coming down, I mean, significantly for a long time. But again, yeah. it's all... A, a matter of perspective here, you know, and, and we have been just, you know, kind of conditioned, not, conditioned yeah, to, to be used to paying more than yeah. what we really should or, or have to. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not a, not an enjoyable thing to still have to pay as much as we're paying. Although when you, you know, go back in, in time and look a couple of months ago, we we're paying a lot more. So at least there's that. Yeah, at least there's that. But Matt, you know, I guess what I don't understand is is if you go back a decade where the price of oil was the same basically as it is today, we were paying a lot less than what we're paying now. So so somebody's getting fat off our money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's all those OPEC guys probably overseas. They're just like <laughs> they've got they're going <laughs> you know in their uh, in their palaces on high somewhere. But yeah, no, it's it's true. It, it's just been a really, I think the technical term for it is weird time in the economy. <laughs> very uh, technical term, yes. Very technical term. But uh, yeah, so we, of course, continue to follow it all. And and the good thing about talking to somebody like Mike Zeno, folks, is he can help you navigate all the ups and downs of the economy because mm-hmm. things are going to change again, inevitably. Yeah, that's one thing that remains constant is change. Yeah. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And so folks, a free consultation might be exactly what you need to assess your particular situation. And again, you can go to moneymatterswithmike.com for more information and to sign up, actually schedule a consultation right there. And now for some financial wisdom, it's time for the quote of the week. Well, this week's words of financial wisdom come from, I think, kind of an unexpected source a little bit, um, a man you may have heard of named P.T. Barnum, uh, who, <laughs> today's entertainment provided by Mike Zeno, uh, but he's known, of course, obviously for being the, the guy who started the Barnum and Bailey Circus. But he was also a lot more than that. He was one of America's first millionaires. Um, He was an author, a philanthropist, a politician, for goodness sake. He did a lot in his life. And uh, so he had some financial wisdom to share that that he learned during that lifetime. And so P.T. Barnum's our quote of the week, and it is, money is a terrible master, but an excellent servant. That's pretty true. It is, it is true. You know, if all you do is work for money, it essentially becomes your master. But if you're able to put your money to work for you, uh, to pay for, you know, life's necessities, uh, purchasing assets and other investment, that money will in turn serve you. And, and so you need to strive to be the master of your own destiny by making sure that you're the master of your money. And Matt, We've all heard that people say money is the root of all evil, that money can't buy you happiness, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And most of the time that's being said by people without money. 
And true, while money alone cannot buy you happiness, what it does is provides you with options. And, and I'm one that can tell you from personal experience. I've been broke before. Okay. And, and I now make a decent living and I have options. And I can assure you that having options are better than not having options. And when you learn to be good with money, it can help you get out of debt. It can build an emergency fund. It can help you create a comfortable retirement and allow you to take vacations and enjoy life along the way. But in order to move beyond simply just exchanging your time for money, or as my daughter puts it in one of her songs, she's an artist, grinding her bones to dust for pennies, you have to be able to put your money to work for you. And what it takes is having a plan and having a lot of discipline. Yeah, it's it's about controlling it or else it will control you, right? And, and right. you're talking about being poor. I mean, I remember um, several years back now, I was at a point in my um, life when I was I was in my early 20s, I think at the time. And I you know, moved out on my own, you know, and I thought that I knew everything in the world and, and all that. And I got to the point where it's all bulletproof. Oh, yeah. 100 percent. And just thought I knew everything about everything. And um, Lord, if I if I knew what I if, if I actually knew what I thought I knew, I'd have been in a lot better shape. But I have that T-shirt, by the way. Oh, yeah. I love that. The been there, done that. <laughs> been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. Like I was I just thought that I knew it all. But I uh, anyway, all that to say, I was at a point one time where I remember literally going around the house, finding the change that was, you know, under couch cushions and and all that just to be able to go out and buy like. 15 bucks worth of groceries, maybe. And, and it oh, was, yeah. you know, and that was not fun. <laughs> well, in 1994, that's how I furnished my first apartment. My, the, my wife and I got married in 94 and I furnished my apartment with change. I used to save wow. all of my change and throw it into a, an empty five gallon water, you know, uh, uh, bottle Every day when I came home, back when we used to use a lot of cash and people used, you know, I'd get change. And yeah. Every day I'd throw it in there. And we literally furnished our entire first apartment with <laughs> the change. So, wow. yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. That that's amazing. But how far uh, we have both come now and, and you especially knowing, you know, what money can do for you if, as we're saying here, you make it work for you rather than the other way around. Yeah, for sure. You know, so in. In today's meat on the bone segment, I'm going to give you a, a few simple things that you're able to do to start having money working for you instead of you being a slave to it. Hungry for something to chew on? Here's some meat on the bone. The first thing that you must absolutely do is to know where every single penny is going. And you can do this by creating a budget. And I know the word budget can sometimes, you know, just make people cringe. It seems really restrictive. But if you understand what you're doing and why you're doing it, it can actually be pretty liberating. OK, I encourage everyone to track their spending every single penny for at least 30 days. And I do mean every penny, because if you don't know where your money is going, you'll never be able to manage it. After doing that, I think you will be amazed. And I mean amazed at how much you're um, spending, how much excess dollars are just leaving your purse or your pocketbook that you could actually 
be saving. Okay, and I'll give you an example. I actually crunched numbers on this kind of stuff. If you are somebody who is used to drinking a cup of Starbucks every single day and you spend somewhere around $5 for that cup, had you saved that money instead in 20 years, you'd have over $49,000. In 30 years, you'd have over $87,000. And in 40 years, you'd have almost $138,000. And that's assuming that you only got an annual interest return of 3% compounded monthly. What do you think of that, Matt? I am regretting all of my trips to get coffee at this very moment. Like, that's that's crazy when you think about it. When you put it in that perspective, it's like, wow. Yeah. It, it adds up quickly. It definitely adds up. Maybe you're somebody that doesn't like coffee, but you go out to eat every day for lunch uh, during your work week. So another way to be... To, to look at it would be if you spent $10 a day, which is very easy to do these days <laughs> on lunch, right? In 20 years, you'd have almost $65,000. Wow. In 30 years, you'd have over 116000 And in 40 years, you'd have almost $184,000. So you can see that even relatively small amounts make a huge difference. And if you start with cutting out some simple things, all right, and instead contribute to savings or investments. Some small contributions can add up to really, really big numbers over time. Yeah. And you know what? I think that that's what brings to my mind. People think that saving for retirement or saving for anything, mm-hmm. investing for retirement, putting money into a, an account of some sort or, or a plan of, of some sort is such a daunting task. But when you put it in in terms like that, where it's just, you know, five, 10 bucks a day, which yeah. you would, you know, go to Starbucks, as you said, or, or, or go, out, go out and get lunch, that it's like, oh, it can actually be manageable. And especially when you look at it over time, how much it can accumulate. And then if you've got it in a good plan and you're, and you're you know, uh, uh, gaining interest on that, they, that's accruing over time, then you're really ahead. You're even farther ahead. So that, you're that's absolutely. fantastic. And that example was 3% compounded uh, monthly. So yeah. we're not even talking about you know hitting home runs with double digit returns. That's just a 3% compounded monthly return and makes huge, pays huge dividends yeah. in the long run, right? So so once you know where every penny is going, um, you can start with some goals for what you want to do with your money. And I would suggest that you write them down and hold yourself accountable to them. If, if you're married, you have a spouse or a partner, um, let them know what those goals are so that they can hold you to it. If you're single, widowed or divorced, you've got a best friend, you've got a sister, a cousin, somebody that you know you, you can confide in um, just to, to make them make sure that they hold you accountable. All right. I'm going to tell you to pay yourself first. If you wait to pay yourself after you've paid all of your bills, chances are you're not going to have very much money left, if any, Uh, to pay yourself. And one of the simplest ways to do that is to automate your savings. So if you have direct deposits coming in, you should also have a direct transfer going into a separate account. Have your bank automatically take that money out and put it into another account because when it's out of sight and out of mind, you'll be amazed at how quickly you're able to save meaningful money. 
Yeah, that's 100% true. And we've talked about this before where Mm -hmm. uh, on the other end of the spectrum where that money is out of sight, out of mind being spent on those subscriptions and the clubs and all of that, the the streaming services that everybody has a dozen of, it seems like these days Mm -hmm. that you might have just forgotten about. But this, if it's actually going towards something useful, then that just makes such a difference. Yeah, and it's meaningful money, right? So the next thing to do is to get out of debt, okay, especially high interest debt. If you have a spending problem, and a lot of us do and did, the first thing you have to do is admit that you have a problem and then do something about it. Um, Take the credit cards. If that's you and you're used to swiping them every chance you get because you're tempted by this sale or that sale, people like, hey, but it's on sale for 30% off. Well, it's still 100% more money than you would have spent had you never bought it in the first place, right? Um, Take them out of your wallet. Take them out of your purse. Make sure that you pay more than the minimum payment. If you can afford to pay double, then pay double. And once you're out of debt, stay out of debt because debt will crush long-term retirement savings goals. Yeah. If you're behind, you are you know, going to have to work so much harder to just catch up to where you would have been just to break even even and then start building. So it's, it's going to delay what progress you are going to make. Yeah. And it's just going to make the whole process a whole lot harder. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes the debt that you're in seems insurmountable. And, and there are debt consolidation programs that can actually take all of your debt and combine them into one so that it minimizes how much you have to pay. Um, but, you know, that some of those have some downsides. So you got to be really careful and make sure that you're not paying somebody a fee to do that, because there are plenty of programs out there that uh, you don't have to actually pay for other than maybe a small setup fee you know, for them to consolidate anything. But debt consolidation is is huge if, if you just have an insurmountable amount, right? Yeah. The, the, the next thing to do would be to create multiple streams of income. And, and those that have actually reached millionaire status, those people typically have many streams of income. We're talking about five, six, seven sources of income. So if you want to become a millionaire yourself, or maybe you just want to be more financially secure, bringing in money from several sources and making your money work for you will help you uh, get there. You can go back to last week's episode of Money Matters with Mike, where I talk about different side hustles and ways to make money without working very hard or by monetizing uh, things that you're really good at, like maybe cooking or building stuff or or fixing things. And just go back and listen to last week's episode because there's a lot of good meat on that bone. And then the last two ways that I'm going to give you today to have money to start working for you would be to first analyze where your money currently sits, okay, and then consider investing. So if your money is in a regular checking account, a regular savings account that doesn't earn you any interest, you might want to consider opening up a high yield interest bearing account or a money market account. Now I say high yield with a grain (laughs) of salt um, because most accounts are not paying that great amount of interest, but guess what guys, something is better than nothing, right? And if you're familiar and comfortable with online banks, it's been my experience that they're, uh, they pay a much higher interest rate because they don't have the brick and mortar and the overhead to pay for. Yeah. Um, and then as far as investing, you might also consider investing that money into stocks 
into mutual funds, into ETFs, real estate, whatever. Just understand that investing comes with risks and whatever you choose to invest in, please at least make sure you have a basic understanding of how it works before you invest, right? You don't want to you don't want to get that crash course uh, in, in, in education uh, because you lost money. And also make sure that your risk tolerance matches your time horizon for when you're going to need your money. Yeah, 100%. All great advice there. And, and you know, it all comes down to um, just knowing where your money is and where it's going and uh, how it's growing, hopefully, for you. And, and so, yeah, all, all great tips there. And, 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 you know, again, you have to be you know, babies. Think of a baby. Babies scoot before they crawl. They crawl before they walk. They walk before they run. And they run before they leap. So it's the same with you. And no matter where you are in your financial journey, um, the, 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 the trick is to just decide to do something and then have discipline and speak with a professional that can help guide you along the way. Yeah. And look, you know, sometimes even when those babies are, are starting to run, they trip and fall on their face. But you got to just get back up and, and keep going. And, and uh, you know, if you need to make some adjustments, make some adjustments. And that is uh, that's what Mike Zeno is here for, folks. Uh, Money yeah. matters with Mike.com is the website to go to. And one of my mentors always said, he goes, he goes, Mike, he said, I, I don't fail. He goes, I either win or I learn. And, and that was something that really resounded with me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start using that. I, I either win or I learn. And, you know, I've learned a lot in life. Yeah. <laughs> so don't, don't, be, don't be afraid to fail. You will miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's right. Absolutely. That, that's uh, totally, totally true. And, and I've learned a lot in my life, too. So we got that in common. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, I um, actually, you know, it's so funny because we talked, mentioned uh, the economy being weird, <laughs> and then you, you talked about people's habits with their money as well. Well, the weirdness of the economy is making people change a lot of their habits right now, especially when it comes to inflation. Yes. Um, and I actually did, I did a piece this week that I, I wanted to share with our listeners just a, a couple of minutes here. And uh, it's about that. It's about how high inflation has caused people to really, um, you know, take some steps. Some of them are, are practical things that, that make sense to everybody. And then some things are like, go, oh, they did that. Okay. So <laughs> listen to this folks. We'll play it. We'll talk about it on the other side. This is uh, how inflation is affecting how we think about our money. Inflation is hitting us all in the wallet and changing many of our habits. I'm Matt McClure with the retirement.radio network powered by AmeriLife. While there are some signs inflation could be easing off, prices for goods and services are still significantly higher than this time last year across the country. The Bureau of Labor Statistics says consumer prices rose 8.5% in July compared to a year earlier. With the cost of everything from groceries to appliances to travel going up at levels not seen in four decades, Americans are changing the way we behave with our money. The New York Times recently reported, quote, some are starting budgets and shopping at discount stores. Others are skipping red meat and fish, walking dogs for extra cash, canceling subscription meal kits and more. The paper spoke with one man who even tries a psychological trick, filling up his gas tank when the level only goes down by a quarter. That way, a trip to the gas station only costs about 25 bucks. But some people are taking things a lot farther. Try more than a thousand miles farther. 
many of us still being able to work from home, many Americans are moving to places like Mexico City, where the cost of living is much cheaper. In San Diego, my apartment was probably $2,500. For uh, one bedroom? For a, for a, for a studio. For a studio. Uh, here, I have a one bedroom and I pay $800 a month. That's Eric Rodriguez speaking to CNN. He says the transition to Mexico City has gone well. I think there was a sense of we want people to come here to stimulate the economy. Thank you for being here. But I know that recently there's been um, kind of complaints from locals about the effect that expats living here has had on their own um, lifestyles. And many locals told the news channel that prices have gone up for them, while some businesses are being displaced to make room for luxury apartments. So what changes are you making because of inflation? That's a key question to consider as we all pinch pennies. With the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife, I'm Matt McClure. So, Mike, what do you think there? I mean, people, I I was shocked that people are literally moving out of the country because of cost of living being so much cheaper in places like Mexico City. Mexico City, I've heard people going to Costa Rica. Uh, I've heard people going to Thailand or the Philippines where, you know, it's really expat friendly. And if you have to escape the United States because of the cost of living, Things are really, really bad. And I guess one of the things that resonated with me, I kind of laughed at because uh, was was the guy that fills up, you know, uh, when his when his tank gets down only so far. Uh, I'm the guy that likes to drive until the needle is is been buried under the E for, you know, 30 miles. And I, I try to push the envelope and that has bit me in the rear. Uh, once where I had to coast into the gas station. So just that psychological trick of, of only putting in $25 uh, tricks the mind into thinking that he's not paying as much. I love it. Yeah. It's not, not so bad. If you, if you do a little trick on yourself like that, I, I love that too. I, I thought that was pretty inventive actually. And uh, <laughs> great on that guy for, for coming up with that uh, idea. Um, yeah, you, you do such a great job in, 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 in that report in those reports, Matt, you really do. Kudos uh, brother. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I think that. it adds a lot to the show. Well, thank you. And uh, I, I, I appreciate that a lot. And that's the goal is to, you know, help add some context to things. And, and really help our listeners kind of understand how um, some different aspects of money and, you know, the economy and life in general are affecting not only them, but other people as well. Because, you know, I've in doing those stories, I've learned a lot uh, about, you know, how other people react and, you know, change their behavior. And, um, you know, it just it teaches me a lot as I go in and do those. So now yeah, I appreciate it's, it's it. amazing how much you can learn from other people, right? Oh, so much. So, so much. <laughs> Yeah. Well, speaking of learning, okay, we like to uh, help our listeners learn here, Mike, and that is what we're going to continue to do in the Smart Retirement Plan series. Um, we started this a couple of weeks back, and it has just been great, I think, you know, sort of laying out the roadmap for our listeners of how to uh, go about um, starting on a smart retirement plan. And, you know, we talked about in the beginning, right, getting that vision in place, knowing where you want to go in retirement. And then ever since we've been started, you know, we've started laying out the groundwork for how you you plot that course. Um, so this week, we're going to continue a discussion that we started last week with a little bit of tax talk, everybody's favorite subject, talking about everybody's, everybody's favorite 
the IRS. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, so, but we're going to talk about how to be smart about your taxes because this is the smart retirement plan series after all. And yep. um, talk to, talk to our listeners a little bit about taxes in retirement, because when it comes to the, how retirement plans are taxed, they're definitely not all created equal. They're not because Matt, did you know, and people out there, did you know that different investment accounts are taxed differently? Okay. By understanding how they're taxed, you can ensure that your money is working how you need it to work and when you need it to work. But before we discuss the different types of retirement accounts, there's a couple terms that most people, uh, all people, need to be familiar with. And the first one is tax exempt, and the second one is tax deferred. And you may have heard these terms before, but don't really understand what they mean. So first, we're going to take a look at uh, the term tax exempt. So any account that you have that is tax exempt is taxed when you contribute the money into it, not when you take the money out of it. And this is a much, much greater benefit in retirement because you don't have to worry about being in a different tax bracket than you were when you contributed into the account, right? So that's tax exempt. And the next uh, term that people need to be familiar with is tax deferred. And a tax deferred account that's going to give you the tax benefits up front when you contribute to the account. In other words, you don't pay taxes when you contribute, but you will pay taxes when you go to take a distribution, a withdrawal later on in retirement. So I want to start by looking at a few of the different most popular types of retirement accounts. Okay, Matt? Yeah. The first one, the first one that I know everybody is familiar with is a traditional IRA, right? Traditional IRAs are tax deferred. And this means that you're going to have to pay taxes when you withdraw the money from these accounts. And the sad thing is you have no way of knowing for sure what tax bracket you're going to be in when you start withdrawing funds from a traditional IRA. Everybody just has this theory that they're going to be in a lower tax bracket because they're presumably not earning income. But if you've planned ahead and you have a lot of money in these tax uh, accounts, you could be looking at a reduced payout if you're in a higher tax bracket, which is an extreme disadvantage for you. OK, yeah. so that's a traditional IRA type of, of account. And, and the opposite of a traditional IRA would, would be a Roth IRA. Roth IRAs are tax exempt, which means that your qualified distributions are free of both taxes and penalties. You're only taxed on your contributions when they go in. And this is a lot easier. I mean, much easier to plan for because you're taxed based on your current tax record. Whatever your tax bracket is now is what the tax is paid as it goes into the account. Then your money grows tax-free, and then when you need to withdraw money, those distributions are also tax-free. Because you're taxed when you contribute, your money is protected. It's insulated from future increased tax rates that are out of your control. 
And, you know, I always say, hey, do you think taxes are going up or down in the future? And Matt, not once has anybody said they're going down, right? Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. I like to think of it as right now, taxes are on sale, you know, and, and so are. buy them while they're on sale or, or spend them while they're on sale. Anyway, re- regardless, spend that money now while it's going to cost you less is the, uh, the, the bottom line there. Right. And so those are the two types of IRAs, individual retirement agreements is actually a lot of people think it stands for accounts, but the technical term is individual retirement agreement. Um, But then you have these things that almost everybody is familiar with, and that's a 401k or a 403b, or if you're a federal employee, a thrift savings plan. Okay. Very similar to a traditional IRA, those types of plans are tax deferred. And those accounts differ from an IRA in that they're employer-sponsored plans, meaning your employer sets them up for you. You still get to contribute to them, but your employer has the option uh, and can also match a portion of your contributions. And if the, if you're fortunate enough to work for an employer that does offer any semblance or any percentage of a match, that match is essentially free money. So if you're not at least contributing up to the percentage that they'll match. You're just saying, nah, I don't like free money. Okay. (laughs) And we've already established that free money is the best kind of money. So make sure that you're contributing at least enough to match what the employer is willing to contribute as well. And so there are limits that are set by the internal revenue service every single year on how much the total combination for contribution limits is. And so for 2022, this year, if you're younger than 50 years old, you're allowed to contribute $20,500 of your own money. And guess what? Your employer could actually contribute $40,500 more. Now that, of course, is not the norm, okay? But the total contributions from you and your employer can't exceed more than $61,000 a year. So if you're 50 or older, the IRS gives you an opportunity to catch up. It's called a catch-up contribution. And the limit for that is $6,500 this year. Wow. So yeah, I, that that's... Um wild about the, you know, the employer match. It can, can not only is allowed to match, the employer can exceed your contribution. So that's, that's cool. And, and, you know, each one of these different types of accounts for different people will have its own advantages and disadvantages, right? Like, you know, the advantage a bit, well, one of the big advantages of say a 401k is that free money. It's that employer match, that employer contribution. But then again, you know, with a, a traditional IRA, it's, uh, the same sort of idea of an account. You don't have that match, but you still uh, are contributing yourself and, and all of that. It's also tax deferred. But then the Roth is tax exempt. And that's the big advantage of the Roth. So it's like th- there are a lot of different options out there. And knowing which one of those options makes sense for you um, isn't necessarily something that that an individual person like a lay person like me can uh, can know just right off the top of their head. Yeah, too. And, and, and the contribution limits are different uh, in, in an IRA than they are in an employer sponsored plan. Obviously, an employer can you can contribute much, much more. Um, and another thing that I wanted to point out is whether you have a 401k or a 403b or a thrift savings plan, um, if your employer 
offers a Roth version of those plans, then I'm going to absolutely encourage you to participate in the Roth side. And sometimes that might affect the match. Like they're not going to give you free money and the government's not going to tax you on it. So if they do match, their match will still go on to the traditional side in most cases. But if you can, again, put that money in at a known tax rate for your current tax bracket, as opposed to rolling the dice on whether taxes are going to be higher or lower when you retire and whether or not you're going to be in a higher or lower tax bracket, then I just think that's the prudent move, especially since the limits are so much higher. And if you can't afford to max out your contributions, then absolutely do that. It is never a bad idea to save for retirement. Yeah. And and folks, I, we always say this, but it's, it bears repeating uh, each and every week here on the show. And that's, you know, retirement is not exactly the same for everybody. So this is a, a thing that, that needs to be customized for you. When you think about, you know, where you want your money to to go, how you want it to grow and, and what, what money you have to set aside and what your particular financial situation is. There are a lot of different variables for each and every person. And so that's why it's important to get a free financial consultation. Uh, Mike Zeno can do that for you. And the website to sign up for that free consultation is moneymatterswithmike.com. That's moneymatterswithmike.com. Or I, I don't often give out a direct phone number to, to people, especially I people do. I like as much as Mike. <laughs> but he wants you to call him, folks. This is this is the case. 704-560-1573. 704-560-1573. And that does ring directly to Mike Zeno. Yeah, my number is not a secret. <laughs> Absolutely not. We we give it out all the time and we're glad to do so because uh, we want you to, to reach out for that. People help. have my number. Yep. Millions of people <laughs> literally do. Well, um, as we continue on, you know, talking about um, smart tax, um, let's talk about life insurance a little bit. And people sure. people might say, um, you know, OK, why are we talking about life insurance when we're talking about retirement and all that? Because they might have in their mind that it's only like it used to be, and, it, and it's death insurance, really. Um, yes. So talk about life insurance and why it's important, especially un, in the context of, of taxes like we're talking about right now. Yeah, and, and a lot of folks don't understand that a well-structured retirement plan should include a, a yeah 25 to 30% portion of, of life insurance. Why? Because number one, it's important to know the different types of life insurance policies that are available and which policy type is right for you. Uh, life insurance will help support your family when you pass away. It can help cover the costs of final expenses. It can, um, you know, you, you different types of life insurances can be structured to pay you guaranteed lifetime income, tax-free income. Um, they can also guard against if you get sick uh, in the middle, as far as a chronic, critical, or terminal illness, you have a heart attack, cancer, stroke, any issues like that. Um, and, and the bottom line is that there's more than one use for life insurance. This isn't, we, we say it all the time, the new school life insurance is not your grandfather's life insurance. And at the root, I think people need to understand what life insurance really is. It's an actual contract between an insurer, typically a company, and you, the policy holder. And that contract solidifies a promise to pay a death benefit to your 
uh, designated beneficiary when you pass away and can have a lot of, of other, a whole host of other benefits. So there are two main classifications of life insurance. The first one is term life, and the second one is permanent life. Now, term life um, definitely has its, its place, but it doesn't have a lot of the tax benefits uh, from an income standpoint other than the tax-free death benefits, okay? And so whether you choose a term policy or a permanent policy is kind of going to be determined by how long you either want or need to have the policy to last. If you only need the policy for a short amount of time, say to make sure that a, a massive debt you've incurred is paid off in the event that you die unexpectedly, then you might choose term life insurance. And you can set the terms up typically in you know five to 10 year increments from 10, 20, 30 years. Those are probably the most common uh, term lengths for a term policy. Now, on the flip side, permanent life insurance will last the entirety of a policyholder's life, um, unless you stop paying premiums, of course, in which case, uh, whatever cash value you've built up will pay those premiums, uh, maybe for the rest of your life, but maybe not. So these, these plans are typically more expensive because they're guaranteed to pay a death benefit. And even within the, the realm of permanent life insurance, you have multiple types. The first one that almost everybody's familiar with is whole life insurance. And this type of insurance accumulates cash value over time. Uh, you can then use the accumulated amount to cover policy payments or loan repayments or just simply for extra cash if, if you ever got yourself into a bind. Um, then there's universal life insurance. It's similar to whole life, but this type of insurance accumulates cash value over time. And the biggest difference is that that cash value will earn interest. And then you also get the flexibility of either paying more or less than your initially set premium amount. If you are either struggling a little bit with your finances, you can choose to pay less. Or if you're making a little bit more, then you can pay more than the premium to kind of turbocharge the, the cash growth. And then there's a, pro a product that, that I like to call the unicorn. It's called indexed universal life. And so with the indexed universal life policy, it gives the policyholder a chance to earn either a fixed or an equity indexed rate of return. So you can get market linked returns when the market's doing really, really well. You're 100% protected from downside volatility of the market. So how do you choose, Matt? How do you choose which policy is the right one for you? That's a lot of people. They have no idea how to do that. And you got to ask yourself a couple of questions, you know, A, how much do I need? And then B, what do you plan on using the policy for? Are you using it for mortgage protection? Because like I mentioned before, you've just uh, bought a house, you're starting out, you're starting a family and you've got this 300,000, 400,000, 500,000 note that if you died unexpectedly, you want to make sure your family's taken care of, um, you know, for other debt protection, if you have any other outstanding debts, you want to make sure that you're not burdening your family with those. Um, maybe it's for income replacement and you're the breadwinner of the family and, and you want to make sure that if, if you don't uh, or if you do pass away unexpectedly, you don't leave your family up the creek without a paddle. 
Um, maybe you have a desire to leave a legacy. And whether that's money for your children, for your grandchildren, or you want uh, a church or a charity to erect a, a building or you want to donate to a ball field, um, legacy is important to some people. And so those, when you answer those questions, that'll impact how much you need and what type of policy you'll eventually choose. And you'll also want to think about how much your family is going to need to maintain their standard of living should you pass away unexpectedly. And please, please don't forget about funeral expenses. I know some people and they're like, Mike, I can't afford to die. And I'm like, huh? They're like, I have no life insurance. <laughs> How is my family going to pay for my funeral, my final expenses? And so, um, you know, the average funeral in America right now is anywhere between $7,000 and $12,000 depending on how close to a big city you are, because guess what? God's not making any more dirt, right? There's only so, so many plots that you can purchase. And so these are different questions that you need to ask uh, in, in order to determine what type of life insurance policy is right for you. Yeah. And that whole thing about, you know, being prepared for your final expenses is huge because, you know, when, and I've mentioned this a couple of times, when my dad passed away, he had a whole life policy and that payout, of course, which came to my mom tax-free, thankfully, um, was so helpful in, in helping finish off paying a lot of those final expenses. The good thing is a few years before he passed, he actually went to the funeral home and started some pre-planning and uh, did a payment plan. So a lot of it was, you know, a lot of the decisions, most of the decisions were already made. Like we didn't have to go through and be like, okay, which casket do we want? What do we, you know, what, which program do we want to put it you know, and the, what photos and all this stuff, the stuff that you just have to do. A lot of that was already decided by him. So we knew what he wanted. There was no question. Right, and that was a blessing for you, probably a relief. Cause the last thing y'all wanted to have to deal with was that when you were grieving the loss of, of him. Absolutely. And, and I love the fact that he knew that and um, was, you know, prepared ahead of time. So that was great. And it was a great burden off off of us as well. Well, um, so that is a, a lot about taxes, the different ways that uh, retirement accounts and life insurance policies are treated from a tax perspective and how to think about them in your retirement. There are also, Mike, some rules that folks need to follow, but these are not like, you know, no running in the halls and, and those kind of rules. These are some helpful rules, some good rules for folks to follow. So let's talk about some smart rule following here when it comes to planning for retirement? Yeah, I mean, and planning for retirement can seem overwhelming. It can. It can seem like it's just so far off or it's so close, okay, and you haven't done a good job because there are so many things that you have to consider. Well, luckily, there are a few rules that can help you build a solid foundation for both your money and your retirement. And we'll start with one that's called the rule of 100, the rule of 100. And this rule states that your portfolio should contain a risk percentage equal to the number 100 minus your age. So for an example, if you are um, 50 years old, then 50% of your, of your money should be at risk. 50% should be safe, okay? If you're 70 years old, 70% of your money should be safe. 30% of your money should be at risk. And I guess people are living longer now and they're spending more during their retirement years. And so those old rules might not always provide you with enough money to maintain your current standard of living. So you might need to tweak that a little bit or speak to a professional who's able to tweak that for you. 
Yeah, absolutely. And of course, folks, if you want to speak to a professional who can help you tweak that, moneymatterswithmike.com is the website and the number 704-560-1573. Told you, it's no secret. It is no secret, <laughs> right? So that's one rule, the rule of 100. Um, there's another rule that that we've talked about before, Matt, on the show called the 4% rule. And, and the 4% rule states that retirees can take 4% of their savings in their first year of retirement and withdrawal percentages in every year thereafter would then be adjusted for inflation. And as with any rule, there are some exceptions. So depending on the situation, experts uh, could say that maybe a 3% rule is a little bit more uh, apropos for one person or somebody that's a little bit older when they start drawing down, maybe they're able to take uh, 5%. But, you know, the basic rule is that 4% will last 25 years. Four times 25 is 100. 4% times 25 years uh, would be 100% of your money. But again, that takes into uh, assumption, two pretty bold assumptions. Number one, you're not making money. Number two, you're not losing money, uh, almost as if your money is in a vacuum. 4% will last 25 years. Well, in retirement, not losing money be should become one's main focus. And we have solutions for that, Matt. Yeah. And that's why it's important that we uh, sit down and talk about individual situations, right? So the first one was rule of 100. The second one was the 4% rule. And then another rule that we've talked about in the past is called the rule of 72. And Albert Einstein, pretty smart guy, came up with the rule of 72. And that's just a way to estimate how quickly your investments will double given a fixed interest rate. So whatever interest rate you think you're going to receive, just divide that into the number two to get an idea when your investments will duplicate, right? So for an example, if you invest $1 and you get an annual rate of 10%, 10 into 72 is 7.2 years for that $1 to turn into $2, okay? And the, the flip side of that is if you're going to get an 18% return, then 18 into 72 is four. Your money will double in four years. And that's only an estimation tool, but especially on the lower interest rate side, it can be extremely accurate, right? Right. The main thing is that these rules should only be used as guidelines when you're trying to build your ideal retirement portfolio. There are lots of other uh, considerations, inflation, other market conditions. They can affect how well your investments perform. And you might need to take additional measures to protect your money, like talking to an expert, speaking with somebody who knows this stuff up one side, down another, inside out, especially if you're concerned about how your investments will last a lifetime. So if you have any questions regarding your savings whatsoever, who are you going to call? I hope it's not Ghostbusters. All right. Mike Zano, 704-560-1573, or just you know go to moneymatterswithmike.com and, and contact me and let's get together and have a conversation. 
Yeah, absolutely do that, folks. That uh, is uh, uh, one great step into uh, your smart retirement plan that we are continuing our series talking about today. Uh, We've talked about uh, smart rule following. We also talked about smart taxes and uh, how to think about taxes in retirement in a smart way. Well, Mm -hmm. um, let's go ahead and talk about some smart income. Um, You know, when we think of retirement income, I think everybody's mind pretty much will first go to Social Security. If you're thinking about, you know, regular income payments in retirement, Social Security, which has been around, you know, since it was signed into law in 1935 by FDR, um, is that thing. And and the first payments actually went out in 1940, but it was signed in 1935 by FDR. Um, You know, Social Security, one of the largest government programs in the world, 176 million people paying Social Security taxes last year. Uh, As of April of this year, more than 65 and a half million Americans receiving Social Security benefits. Um, so it's huge and it's something that we, uh, you know, take in, uh, uh, take into account when we think about our retirement, we've talked about this before though, that, uh, the board of trustees for social security says that, uh, the funds are going to be depleted by 2034, uh, yeah, it's and 12 years away. Yeah, 12 years away. exactly. So it's like, should we really count on the social security benefits being what we think they're going to be like, you know, how did, how did, like, how do you plan for that going into yeah, retirement? It, it, it's, it's difficult, especially as the life expectancy of Americans increases, right? There are concerns that the program's just not going to be able to support the retirees with less people in the workforce. The baby boomer generation was the biggest boom, you know, the biggest generation. And, and, and now you have Gen X right be, behind them. You got the millennials, which was is bigger than, uh, you know, the baby boomer generation. And so with Social Security income, you become eligible for benefits when you reach 62 years of age and you've been contributing into the program for at least uh, 40 quarters or 10 years. Okay. Um, so you're eligible at 62, but should you take it at 62? That's one of the biggest questions I get asked during our consultations. Okay. Because if you wait until your, your full retirement age, you get increased monthly benefits and your full retirement age is determined by the year in which you were born. For an example, if if you were born in uh, 1955, then your full retirement age is 66 and two months, right? But if you weren't born uh, until 1970 or later, then then it's it's excuse me, 60 or later, it's 67. And so it, it, it right now, depending on what year you were born, it's either 65, 66. 66 and two, four, six, eight, or 10 months or 67. And a lot of people don't understand that spouses can collect benefits based on their own earnings, or they can actually collect benefits based on their spouse's earnings. Um, Ex-spouses may be able to uh, contribute or excuse me, collect benefits on their ex-spouse's benefits if they were married at least uh, 10 years. And so the amount of money that you can receive from Social Security is is determined by a thing called your average indexed monthly earnings or AIM. And they, and they take into consideration your 35 highest years of earnings. And so as of April of, of 2022, get this, the average monthly benefit 
was less than $1,600. It was actually $1,588.89, which is barely $19,000 a year. Wow. Yeah, it's, yeah, that, it, it, it's really kind it's of not put, high rolling. By any right. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like it kind of puts that in perspective, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But that, so that's that's the average. But there, you know, there are maximums there, right? I mean, people often yep. do bring in more than that from their Social Security benefit. Yeah, th- there are. And so a lot of folks don't understand, too, that, that you can start drawing Social Security at 62, but every year you delay collecting those benefits starting at age 62, but ending at age 70, your benefit will increase by 8%. So the most that you can get at age uh, 62 is 2364 Um, And that's if you were just maxing out, but you decided to settle for 75 cents on the dollar. Um, On the flip side, if you wait until you're 70 years of age, the most you can get currently from Social Security is $4,194. So that's a really, really big difference Um, in in 75 cents on the dollar. You get 100% of your benefit at your full retirement age. So like I said before, whatever year you were born will determine your FRA. Um, and then your maximum, the most Social Security will pay out is $4,194. And um, something to keep in mind, too, is that they're pretty good at adjusting uh, for annual costs of living. And that ensures that your retirement funds don't ru- lose too much value um, due to inflation. They typically have, have not kept up with inflation, but again, something is better than nothing. That's that's right. One hundred percent. Anything's better than big fat zero. So there you go. Um, well, Michael, actually, just about to run out of time here, uh, which I am sort of flabbergasted by. I'm I keep looking at wow. the clock and I'm like, whoa, is that is that right? But yeah, it, it is right. Just about another minute here to spend with our listeners. So we're going to continue our discussion on the smart retirement plan next week uh, when we come back with a brand new Money Matters with Mike. And uh, we'll talk about, uh, you know, retirement income gap and a lot more uh, in the next steps of the smart retirement plan. Uh, But folks, it has been absolutely a pleasure for me to be here. I know uh, always to be here with you, Mike, and to be here with our listeners as well, who we just appreciate so, so much. Uh, MoneyMattersWithMike.com, once again, is the website. If you would like a free consultation or you can give Mike a call, 704 560 one five seven three mike it's been great sir it has been great people out there in listener land thank you so much without you guys this show does not exist so please share the show let people know about money matters with mike sign up subscribe enjoy the rest of your weekend thanks for listening to money matters with mike you deserve to work with a financial and insurance expert who can offer strategies for protecting and growing your hard-earned money to schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit MoneyMattersWithMike.com or pick up the phone and call 704-560-1573. That's 704-560-1573. Not affiliated with the United States government, Mike Zeno does not offer tax, legal, or investment advice. Consult with your tax advisor or attorney regarding specific situations. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice. These opinions are not intended as investment advice, nor do they predict future performance of any product. All information provided is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation or warranty as to the accuracy of any statement. This information is intended to be educational in nature and does not provide a guarantee or a specific result. All copyrights and trademarks are the property of the respective owners. Amerilife assumes
assumes no responsibility or liability for the content of this message. The information contained herein is provided on an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, timeliness, or the results obtained from the use of this information. Fixed annuities, including multi-year guaranteed rate annuities, are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to restrictions, fees, and surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuer. Are you concerned about market volatility, rising taxes, economic uncertainty, and how it all could affect your future in retirement? Then tune into Money Matters with Mike to learn how you can protect and grow your hard-earned money. Money Matters with Mike, every Saturday at noon, right here on FM 100.1 and AM 1340. Protect your hard-earned money today and schedule a free, no-obligation consultation now at MoneyMattersWithMike.com.